The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, free kicks, free kicks with Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome to another edition of Free Kicks, uh, our pre-Thanksgiving edition of of the show. And Adam, I was talking to him right before we went on the air, and he's he's a little giddy because he he just got a little taste of home this week, didn't you? Yeah, that's true. It was true. Yeah, it was it was nice on Saturday. Didn't have much going on, so I was able to watch a lot of games. And at six thirty in the morning, I jump up, able to turn my computer on and watch. Uh, one of my local teams there, Maidenhead United, playing in the FA Cup. So it's great to see them uh, play a big match in the FA Cup, which is obviously one of the bigger cup competitions in the world. So the team is called Maidenhead United? Ma- yeah, Maidenhead United. Okay. Maidenhead is the, the town that's like actually where I went to high school in okay. Maidenhead. Um, actually, Theresa May, the prime minister for uh, Great Britain, is actually from Maidenhead, so she's from that area. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, so it was great. Just it was it was really good just to see the game go on and see the crowd. There was like thirty five hundred, probably the biggest crowd they've ever had in their history. Um, and what was Maidenhead, the biggest crowd that you you've played on that field, right? Uh, yeah, I played on that field. In fact, it, it's so funny when I was talking about it, you know, back in the day, you know, there's a lot of talk now, especially with coaching education, small-sided games, you know, you're playing seven aside. I played on that field in a cup final, under nines, 11 aside. <laughs> under nines? Under well, nines. Yeah, actually, exactly. you know, when I played uh, youth, it was also 11 aside. We never we never did 7v7 or anything like that. Ne- it was... Never did. Never did. I mean... We played, yeah, under nines, 11 aside. I, I don't know how I even, I mean, I think about how small I was, yeah. how I even touched the ball maybe <laughs> half a dozen times. I just remember faintly we just standing at the top of the box. I was playing right back. Um, and I just remember just, just being on this massive pitch. And there's, it was awesome. It was great. So were you always a, uh, did you play defender the whole time you were uh, young or did you I thought you were a, a forward for some reason well it's it's funny this is normally the progression what ends up happening when you start as a defender when you're younger you move all the way up and then if you start as a forward you start moving back so that's, <laughs> that's kind true. of how it works so um, that's what happened with me I think I started as a defender it was kind of the right back you know people always used to kid yeah you play right back at home but that's okay um, and then uh, I was also uh, then moving up each year I played a fair bit of outside midfield and then probably in college I was actually playing a little bit of forward as well so your team did how I mean the FA Cup they're uh, they're they're playing in their home field there are 3,500 people there and the score was lost 4-0 but yeah that's well, okay that's okay they were to completely outclassed in the game not even a hope of scoring <laughs> they had one chance right at the beginning could have changed the game but they were playing Portsmouth which is a big club, obviously not too you know t- you know far away from winning an FA Cup not too many years ago. Harry Redknapp and all those uh, great uh, players that they had, Peter Crouch, all those guys back in the day. Um, but they're top of League One and doing really well. I mean, you, the the golf in class was very very evident in the game. That's and for sure. What uh, what league are you guys in? So uh, basically, Maidenhead United is in the fifth division. So that's the top non-league division. So if they were to win that division, then they would go up into League Two. 
Uh, and so they're playing a team that's top of League One. So they're playing a team a couple of divisions ahead. Unfortunately, this has been a rough season for Maidenhead. I don't, it doesn't look good for them. Um, they're in the bottom three right now. They was mid-table last year, and, and they have a small budget. I mean, it's 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 really it's going to be a tough struggle for them this year. Hopefully, they can stay up in that division and uh, keep things going. That's cool. Uh, so the fifth division, because you got the the Premier, the Champions, uh, then you've got one and two, right? And, Correct. Okay, and then fifth. Yeah, exactly. It's the okay. non-league. It's the, the the conference as it used to be called. I think okay. they, they changed names with sponsors, but yeah. So they yeah they win it. They go up and be a professional team. Great. Quite a, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's great for them to even be in that division. To be fair, you know, when I lived in Germany, uh, my neighborhood team was called Sandhausen, um, and and we were the same. We we would have I think you know fifteen hundred people come to the games on on Sundays. Um, but uh, since I left, and I left in 1980, they've been getting better and better. And I think right now they're in the in the second Bundesliga. Wow, which, that's uh, great. Yeah, so they obviously have a new stadium <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> there's no way they could have done it the way it was at that time. All right, well, we should uh, let's get to uh, games that people may have seen um, yeah. and find out what's happening on the pitch. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So I think the game everybody watched, and you might not have been able to, but I think most people were watching the uh, Man U versus Man City game, uh, which was the 159th Manchester Derby. Yes. And and, uh, it was a heck of a game, although I kind of, I must say, watching it, I really never got the uh, feeling that Man U had a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we had the course going on. and Actually, we had a little bit of a break, so we was able to watch the first probably 15, 20 minutes. And I think that kind of sorted out the whole game yeah. itself. I mean, really, I mean, it was Man City. And even some of the people in the course were talking about it. It's like, man, Manchester United haven't even crossed halfway yet. And that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's they true. were defending and... This is we're talking about Manchester United here. We're not talking about a lower level team. We're right. talking it's about a top. Exactly, it's not made then. You're right. <laughs> so you know, and they just couldn't get anything going. And uh, Man City, you know, pinging the ball around, passing, and just looking really, really good. And then scored within the first 10, 12 minutes. And I, you just look like, or first of all, you you see nine, sometimes ten red uniforms behind the ball. Right. Yeah. And still, and 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 we're talking world class players, top right. of the line, you know, excellent players, and it was the men against boys for a while there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, what amazes me, the more I watch Man City, I know he was so excited when they scored that third goal, just because of how many passes, but. The spacing, the yeah. how how they're able to find little pockets of space, how they're able to move into areas, and and it seems like they can always find an opening somewhere, yeah. and that's and that's what that's what really, you know, pushes them apart from everybody else in the league is they're able to find gaps and pockets that other teams just can't do. And this is still without Kevin De Bruyne, who didn't play in that game at all. Right, but, uh, David Silva is. Just he's he's irreplaceable in that middle middle of the field there. He the, yeah. he he can the ball is attached to his foot somehow. I don't know how he does it exactly. 
The only moment in the game that it looked like, uh, man, you had any chance was when Lukaku came in. He -hmm. immediately draws a penalty. It's two to one. But even at that point, when it was two to one, I never thought, well, maybe they'll get lucky and somehow tie it. But I never really thought that they were going to get back into it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when you when the the golfing class, when you talk about that with Maidenhead and, and Portsmouth, even here, you could see there was a big difference in terms of the two teams and uh, where they're going. And maybe part of that is the psychological aspects as well. I, I think there's some issues off the field that Man United are trying to deal with. You know, and Jose came off at the ends talking about how. You know, it was mistakes on his part. Eh, I don't know about that one, Jose. Yeah. I think you were pretty much outplayed there, buddy. Um, and Pogba wasn't playing. He was hurt. Uh, you know, he yeah. was their best player. So you yeah, got to say yeah. that. Got to give him that. But that yeah. third goal, 42 <sighs> consecutive passes. And it was like keep away. It was like watching the kids at, uh, um, you know, at practice where they've got one guy in the center and they're just passing <laughs> it around. You know what I mean? It was exactly from the training ground, and I think yeah. that's what he got so excited because Guardiola, Guardiola, that's how he plays. That's that's him. That's right. him in a nutshell, right there. If he could score every goal like that, yeah, he'd be he'd be in dreamland. You know, it's basically, and that's why he, you you could see on the sideline he was getting so excited. Yeah, he was so happy for that goal because of what they did and. He saw everything, and this is the best part, and, and coaches out there will, will will know exactly how I feel. When they see what they do on the training ground on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and then it translates into the game on the weekend, it's yeah. no better feeling than that. I bet that is true. Uh, the only uh, stain on the game was probably at the very end where Raheem Sterling starts doing some hot dogging and, and like yeah. rubbing it in the face of Manny, which is totally unnecessary. Um, and, uh, Juan Mata, who never, I had never seen him get upset in a game, yeah. went up to him and kind of said in his face, Hey pal, watch it. And then afterwards, uh, Pep even chased down Sterling and got in his face a little bit, basically told him, knock that off. Right. Right. Yeah. Lots of credit to Pep for doing that. Um, he's not shy about doing that right on the field too. No, so. <laughs> no he really is not. <laughs> he, he does that. But yeah. Uh, and the thing is, and. You know where Sterling, I think, has matured a lot as a player, but that's there's still some things in his game and and outside off the off the field that kind of he needs to think about. But the problem is they're going to play each other again, and yeah. Man United is not going to forget that. So, um, you know, if if those players are closer to Raheem Sterling, they're going to remember that, and there might yeah. be a, a little sh- a crunching tackle to say the least, right. first part of that game. So they need to be ready for that. All right, let's talk about your boys, uh, Chelsea, who. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in second and now have dropped down third. Um, Everton just parked a bus, just put everybody in back and just said, try and score. And Chelsea couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'll give Everton a lot of credit in terms of how they were set up and how they were organized. You know, they set up in that really deep, low block defensively. And Chelsea had a really hard time trying to find those gaps, you know, where maybe a Man City would be able to find those gaps. That's the difference right now. Um, that's not to say that Chelsea didn't have a few chances. They did. Yeah, they really they did. did. And, yep. and uh, you know, they, they were able to create some things. But, um, you know, one thing that Everton did, which I think is different from what they've had in the past, is 
because of their speed, they were actually pretty good on the counter at times. And they looked pretty good going forward. Right. And so that was the difference. And so and Chelsea now, had, to, had to account for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and we had to deal with that. So yeah. those are things. So I think the biggest thing is with Everton, they were able it's probably a smart move on their part. They got now some speed and teams that set up in these low defensive blocks, they're so deep. So then that causes Chelsea to have to kind of force them out. Right. But then when they do lose the ball, it's a little bit higher on the field and then they can go on a transition. So it, it's yeah, it's an interesting tactical way of looking at it. And, uh, you know, as coaches, we always are kind of trying to find out how to do it. But it, it was uh, it was it was a, an interesting game in terms of how well Everton were drilled to do that. So I have two completely random, uh, unimportant observations to make uh, mm-hmm. about this game. The first one is, <laughs> can we get a track suit that fits the coach of Chelsea, please? <laughs> and he's wearing a suit that is like three or four sizes too big. He keeps pulling his pants up. It just looks it looks ridiculous. Am yeah. I wrong? I agree with you. He does. He wears that same blue stuff, and it's just like it looks massive on him. I think it he's does. Wearing, he's he's probably he's in probably a double X. I he's, don't know what he's, he's like, wearing. He's like there. comfy pajama mode. <laughs> <laughs> like you exactly. did, you're outside. You're we can see you. <laughs> you're yeah. on on the field. Also, yeah. my my other thought on that uh, on that game is the sponsor for Everton on their sleeves is the Angry Birds game. The uh, yeah, that is the coolest sponsor in the league. That's great. Yeah, on the side of their shirt. Yeah, I love great. that. All right, yeah. so <laughs> let's talk about Tottenham because Tottenham is now uh, back in the top four. They have the most road points in the league, um, which I think, and maybe you can correct me on this. My theory on this is because of the the uncertainty around their stadium, they don't really feel that comfortable at home. Yeah, and, and I, so when they yeah. go on the road, it's like they're—it's almost like more comfortable for them because they're all together as a team and everything. I don't know what your what your thoughts are. Oh, I I I agree. I think that's a good point. Especially, I mean, we all saw the last game they played at home. We had the football lines on it. It was a yeah. mess. The field was a disaster. So yeah, it was not good. It was not good at all. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, they're probably playing a little bit. You know better on the road just because they know they have to and they have to get these results and and the whole stadium thing is just an absolute disaster i've now heard i don't know if you've heard this but i think it's going to be even after christmas maybe even in the middle of next year really uh, maybe march when they're going to be able to get into the stadium which is yeah. unbelievable you know so i don't know what's happening there so they might be playing at Wembley for a fair fair bit longer and like you said maybe Maybe they want to play more away games as much as possible. Well, uh, one one player on Tottenham who was happy this week was their defender, the youngster. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Is it Foyt? Yes, Hoyt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was uh, he was whistled for two penalties the week before, which almost cost Tottenham the game. But this week he comes in, he gets the game winner, and they win one to nothing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I was happy for him too, and that was I think that was his first goal for yeah. the club, so that was great. I mean, talk about you could see after he scored, he was so happy, went up to the crowd. I think all the players were really happy for yeah. him. 
Uh, it seems like he's he's kind of a popular kid in the in the dressing room too. So that's yeah. that was nice for him. So that was good. Yeah, it's good to see the you know the the multi million dollar veterans cheering for the <laughs> the little guy. You know what I mean? Yes, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Who who knows how much he's making compared to Harry Kane and all those other guys? Right. You're right. Now, by the way, Harry Kane has not been scoring much this year. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's definitely not been uh, as consistent in terms of scoring goals. Um, I think he's, his play's still been good. I yeah. would say it's great. Um, he's he's scoring the occasional goal, but like you said, as a team, I, I think there's they're still trying to find their way a little bit. But give them again a lot of credit that they're hanging in there in the top four. And uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with them at the start of the season, especially with not, you know, having any new signings over the summer, but right. they, they seem to be hanging on. So fair play to them. So let's talk about uh, Southampton. I know you said you watched a lot of games on Saturday. That was one of the, yeah. the Saturday games. And there was a, a very controversial offsides call in that game. You want to talk about that yeah. a bit? Yeah, it was it was one of those things where when he took the shot and it went in, there was this discussion of whether that player was uh, distracting the goalkeeper. And this is a very, very tricky situation from an offside standpoint because I can see it from both points. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I could I could see where the linesman's coming from because he's obviously the player is standing kind of in line with the goal but to the side of the goalkeeper. Right. And then when the shot goes in, you know, was he distracted? It, it, it's, it, there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah, so, because he uh, was standing – so the player that was called offsides was not actually technically in the play. Correct. Which is the rule. You know, if yes. you're not in the play, then you're not offsides. But like you said, it could be interpreted. And, and he was kind of within the area there of where the shot was coming in. And I could see – I, you're right. It it, it is was well, not cut and dried. It right. Could, it could have gone either way. Exactly. And I think obviously, you know, the player that came out after the game and was really upset about it, um, he, he he basically said he thought it was a fair goal. And I think the emotions of the player and the game itself, the whole game turned because that would have made it two nothing, right? And uh, would have changed probably the whole course of the game. So that's how tough it is. Um, I really don't know. I mean, I think until they really look at the rule and say it's either black or white. You know, if they say you cannot be offside in that type of a situation, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. But because of how it's interpreted as maybe distracting. That's why, you know, I can see where the linesman gave, gave it offside. It is one of those things, too, where, you know, these two rules, offside's rule has changed over the years. It used to be yeah. if anybody was offside, it was offsides, you know. Yes. And, and, you know, the same thing has happened with handballs. It used, used to be, yeah. it's your hand, tough luck, even if somebody just sees your hand there and kicks it at it, you know what I mean? And I think those two rule changes have been excellent, uh, for the game, I think it's made it a uh, a fairer game, um, but you know there still are moments like this. That yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. That's a tough one, and 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 this is normal. What happened? This is yeah. this is typical of a team when they're struggling near yeah. the bottom. You don't get that luck. I've been there. I know exactly how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know you can't get any get any breaks. You just got to deal with it. Hey, when you're winning, you know they probably call that as a goal. You know what's That's funny is it, this actually may have helped Mark Hughes 
the yeah. coach because it's a it's a controversy after the game uh you know the the fans are all fired up and they're on his side and he's fighting the man you know and you know nobody's talking about hey were we gonna fire this guy that's right that's a good point that's a good point that might have extended his uh his his life for a few more games at least just because of it you know charlie austin scores the goal but it was canceled back but that's okay yeah you know it's gives gives him a couple more games he, he can deal with the draw and to be fair i think he probably would have taken a draw at the at the start of the game anyway so. well that's true because watford's one of the top teams this year yeah that's right all right it's time for you to explain something to me i've got some audio for that now explain that foreign tradition please all right so i'm watching the man city uh man u game luke shaw one of the defenders uh for man u gets a, a yellow card and That's it right. is his fifth yellow card and now he's suspended for a game yeah so is that the rule that every five cards you get suspended or after the fifth one is it like every one after that you also get suspended how, how do they work that rule yeah, so in the Premier League, they basically it's like five five card increments. So after five yellows, you get one match suspense, and ten you get okay. two, fifteen you get three. Now, if the player gets to twenty, oh okay, that's pretty rough. If yeah. you get to twenty, um, then they have to have a special hearing with the FA and do all that stuff. But now here's the interesting part. So the thirty first of December everything's reset so at the end of the year oh they reset everything um so it basically the five yard count counts is reset so it means if a player receives their fifth yellow card of the season on january the first or later they will not receive a ban so, so does it go of, by calendar year so if if you had yellow cards outstanding from the previous uh half season of last year just, uh, I don't believe so. That's okay. a good question. I don't believe so. It just is typically from the start of that year. Okay. So that's what ends up happening. But yeah, um, so at least there's kind of a, a reset. And they've done that in the World Cup. If you, They kind of changed that rule because there was times when people would get a second yellow and then they would miss the final, which would be awful, you know, just because of that. Yes, that's true. That's, and so they yeah, – yeah, exactly. So they ended up changing this. So – um, you could theoretically get a bunch of yellow cards, but still not get a, a game banned just because of the cutoff and that kind of stuff. So, has anybody yeah, I, gotten the twenty before? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think they have. Not even um, Luis Suarez or Diego Costa. <laughs> yeah, there might be Vinnie Jones back in yeah. the day. He might have been one. He probably would have been close. But they were talking about. I, I, it's funny you say that. It, not so much with yellow cards, but they were talking about the type of players that get the most red cards. And what was interesting? Who do you think would get the most red cards? You know, a position player wise, like a center back, probably. Well, that's exactly what I thought. But in fact, it's a goalkeeper. You know, and you really, oh. that, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense because the goalkeepers, um, you know, they normally will get straight reds. They don't get many yellows. Right, because if they're beaten and they just go for the man, that's it. That's exactly. automatic red card. Yeah. So it's normally the goalkeepers that get the reds and the field players that get the yellows. So, okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. I told you that one of the things I love about watching uh, Premier League uh, with the British announcers is they – don't talk down to us and they uh they use the the more colorful uh british jargon and yeah. i've got a couple new ones that i'm writing down this week one that i never hear 
American announcers use, and that is uh, guile. The man yes. has guile. That you'll never hear that in an NFL game or <laughs> an NBA game. Also, uh, I love the idea. I heard this twice over the weekend. Yeah, somebody was making a ponderous pass. <laughs> you know, the pass it it wasn't just a, a regular pass; it was ponderous, which exactly. I, it just draws a picture for you. It's just yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. use of language. So that's. that's great. I just want. I always like to tip my cap to them, and, and uh, that—that's my tip for this week. <laughs> All right, time for the quiz. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, this week we're gonna try Tottenham, which we have uh, not done before, and uh, you have only failed one quiz so far. I think this is our tenth one, so you're you're doing very well. Okay. We were talking earlier about Harry Kane. Harry Kane is not the all-time leading scorer in Tottenham history, but I suspect he will be by the time he leaves. Uh, who is? Who is the leading goal scorer in Tottenham history? Is it A, Jimmy Greaves, B, Bobby Smith, C, Martin Chivers, or Chivers? Chivers, yep. Chivers, and D, Jermaine Defoe. All right. I'm going to have to go with the historic or great player that he was, Mr. Jimmy Greaves. That is correct. 266 goals. That's a lot of goals. Yeah, he was quite a goal scorer. That's good. So actually, maybe Harry Kane doesn't break that record. I, I <laughs> At least for a while. Harry will, I, I suspect, you probably think this too, he's eventually going to go somewhere else, don't you think? I, I think, yeah. yeah. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing for Real Madrid at some point. Exactly. All right. There are so many famous Spurs fans. I can't really do the old uh, famous <laughs> fan thing. Um, but what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bunch them up. All right? All right. So tell me which one of these is not a group of famous Spurs fans. Ready? Famous okay. actors Jude Law, Kenneth Branagh, and Marina Surtees from Star Trek. Okay. That's uh, that's A. B, famous basketball players, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and George Gervin. C, famous musicians, Adele, Lamar, and Coldplay guitarist Johnny Buckland. Okay. Or D, famous authors, J.K. Rowling and Salman Rushdie. <laughs> Well, I'm either going to go with the basketball players or the two authors. I don't know how much, how many games Salman Rushdie's going to these days. Um, I'm going to go with D. Oh, you should have gone with B. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a trick. I thought it was. I, I thought it was a trick question. That's you know. Oh well. No, because I picked Spurs players. David Robinson, <laughs> Tim Duncan, and George Gervin were, were all played for the San Antonio Spurs. So. That was That's my true. Trick That's, question. All right. Hey, remember, remember, this is World Kindness Day, Rick. So you okay. Be <laughs> Today is really World Kindness Day. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's see if you can uh, get this third one. Then uh, Tottenham <laughs> was the first team to ever win the UEFA Cup. This is a okay. true. That's true. What year did they do it? Nineteen fifty-one, nineteen sixty-one, nineteen seventy-one, or nineteen eighty-one? They had a good year in the early 70s, so I'm going to go with 71. Okay, that's two for three. All right. All right, I think you've got a chance. you got to get one of these last two. All right. 
the name Hotspurs, they're called Tottenham Hotspurs, right? Yep. Originally came from a, a cricket club that was looking to play a different sport as well. B, the founder of the club, Sir Anthony Frothingham Hotspur. C, the neighborhood they played in, which was surrounded by stables. Or D, the type of soccer boots used in the late 19th century. Hmm. I'm going with the cricket club. That is correct. The club was formed in 1882 when boys from Hotspur Cricket Club formed Hotspur FC so they could play a sport during the winter. The name was changed to Tottenham Hotspur in 1884 to avoid confusion with London Hotspur. That's right, yeah. What does Hotspur mean anyway? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. No, so I'm not exactly sure. Well, I know there's no uh, Anthony Frothingham uh, Hotspur, so I did make that up. <laughs> All right. So you're you've passed, but we've got one last one, and this is uh, All right. this is kind of an interesting question. What legendary superstar played exactly one match for Tottenham? Was it A. Pele, B. Beckenbauer, C. Maradona, or D. Messi? One of them actually played one game. Wearing a Tottenham uniform. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Pele. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. But you've already mm. passed. Diego Maradona. Really? Believe it or not. He wore the number 10 shirt for the Spurs in Asi Ardili's oh, yeah, testimonial yeah. against Inter Milan in 1986. And that makes one. that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Because back in the early '80s, they had two great Argentinian players, Ricardo Villa and Ozzy Ardiles. They were probably two of the first foreign players to come over and really make an impact. So, yeah, makes that's interesting. All right. If people want to find uh, this show, remember to look for us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. Uh, you can uh, uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, also, we are now on Spotify. We have a we have our own page on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network called Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, and that's where you can find us. So, is there uh, any news in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, we just completed that uh, course we did with Modern Soccer oh, Coach. With- we got to do the. Uh- Gotta do the oh, yeah. All right, here we go. There you go. Go, go, go. In this country, we call it soccer partner. Okay. Sorry. They, no worries. No worries. Got to get the jingle in. Got yes. to get the jingle. Um, yeah, so we, we, we just completed the course, this uh, uh, workshop with uh, Craig Harrington and Gary Kaneen, which was great. We had over 20, 20 coaches come in. It was really, really good. Just talked a little bit about how they do things, talked a little bit about analysis. And it was really interesting to hear about some scouting ideas and, and how they do things with the Red Stars. So that was really good. So had a lot of fun with that on uh, Sunday. Did you learn uh, anything new? I mean, was there... Always, always, yeah, there's always something you could take away, um, especially, you know, the development of players. Gary talked a little bit about how, you know, one player came in and was not very good and then kind of worked on their development. And then Craig did a really good job on talking about scouting, how he talks, how he um, 
you know, kind of gets ready for the games. And uh, that was really interesting. So, yeah, there's always always something you can take away from that. So that was good. So uh, we, we're looking forward to maybe working with them again in the future and do some other things. Um, and then courses coming up. We've got an 11 v 11 course coming up next week up in Rockford. So if those there's coaches that need to get in and do an 11 v 11 course, um, you know, feel free to sign up. It's all on our website. And then after Christmas in January, we've got the convention, obviously, but also uh, we've got Futsal State Cup. So uh, we want to try and promote that a little bit. So Futsal State Cup, that's going to be up in Rockford as well. So, so if there's teams and now everybody's starting to play indoors, there's uh, something to shoot for. Okay, great. Uh, before we get to your uh, TV tip, I know this coming week is uh, International Week. Um, just a couple of international notes. I, I happen to watch the uh, Bayern Munich against uh, Dortmund game. Yeah. And I did not even realize this is how into the Premier League I've gotten that I'm not really following <laughs> the the Bundesliga that closely. Because, you know, to be honest, it it gets boring to watch a Bundesliga because Bayern wins all the time. But uh, note to everyone, Bayern is in third place, and they are seven points behind Dortmund now. That's a that's a league. They finally right. have some uh, have some competition there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, we talked about how it's funny at the start of the year. We talked a little bit about how Germany's a one team league, and then all of a sudden, everything gets flipped on its head. Um, and the yeah. same is happening with Real Madrid. Right, yeah, yeah. And they, they're struggling uh, a little bit. Did they lose a, a star or something? Or a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there was that one guy kind yeah. of was uh, helpful for him during the course of that time. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean they're going through a bit of a managerial change. Both teams, actually, to be yeah. fair. So there's a little bit of a transition. Um, I think uh, Real Madrid's starting to pick it up a little bit more in the last three, four games. Santiago Solari was has taken over. I right. think they may be instilling him as the permanent manager, which would be good for him. Um, and then obviously like with Bayern, that was a heck of a game too. I saw the uh, the winning goal, three yeah. two Dortmund. So uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll find out. You know, long season. We'll see uh, see what happens. See if the, the the cream does rise to the top with those two teams. And the team that we visited uh, when we were in Germany together, uh, mentioned Gladbach is in second yeah. place. So they're having yeah. a great season. They're doing really well. Yeah, really well. Okay, so uh, it's time for uh, my favorite part of the show. Here we go. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. All right, Adam, we have uh, no Premier League games this weekend, but we do have other games. I know you've got one you want to point out. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this should be a lot of fun. Um, we've got England versus the USA on Thursday afternoon. From Wembley Stadium. Should be an interesting game. This has kind of been a, a game that's uh, a little bit of controversy in the fact that they've kind of made this a bit of a tribute game for Wayne Rooney. Obviously, those of you know that Wayne Rooney's now playing in the United States with DC United, but uh, he's going to be playing this tribute game. Uh, this will be his last game, I think his 120th cap. So, Thursday, England versus UA, USA, live from. Uh, from um, Wembley should be a good one. Should be a good one. Uh, so it's not going to be the top of the line English lineup uh, if you've got Wayne Rooney playing. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of a mishmash. I know they've called up a couple of players. 
Uh, one player first call up was Callum Wilson, the Bournemouth striker. I think everybody's excited to maybe see him play. Uh, Michael Keane from Everton, who's having a better year as well. So there's going to be some newer players coming in for England. And then looking at USA's team, I was actually following some stuff with them yesterday. They're training in Brentford and different areas. So that will be a good one. And also, as another tip, if you get a chance today, I know we didn't talk too much about this, uh, actually USA women's play against Scotland. Scotland. Uh, that's on live this afternoon as well. So, Okay, great. If you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. You can check out our day jobs. I'm the uh, publisher of Eckhart's Press, uh, Eckhart'sPress.com. Also the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam's the technical director and director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. Uh, the executive yeah. producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again in two weeks uh, with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. We are happy to have Mark Cuban on the show. Is there a way that we can monetize my daughter's eye rolls? Can you do anything? Can, can you figure that out? So my daughter, I'll let her put on on Sirius XM, whatever song she likes. We pull into this half circle when I drop her off and, you know, she's ready to get out of the car. I'll say, I love you, sweetie. Bam! Blast it. And, you know, and if it's a song I know the words to... Then I'm singing along, too, and her friends are looking at me and looking at the Oh, car, man, there's nothing you know? more embarrassing than dad singing along. <laughs> oh, man, it's like, Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> Tony Lasano Podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com.